Hi, this is James Brown, soul brother number one, always fighting. Now I'm fighting for your life. I'm fighting for your life because if you use drugs, you better leave it alone. Drugs are contagious. They're killers. Every drug is a killer. Stay away from drugs. Drugs will take your life away. And if you want to live, stay away from drugs because they are super bad, super bad, super bad, super bad. We are back for a third and final segment. As you can tell in this program, I just I just can't get that indignant about things taking place in the world. I'm still in vacation mode. But let's roll with that. Let's take a, a, a piece called What's Your Problem by Jeffrey Goldberg. This came from The Atlantic, which I purchased uh, for some reading material on the airplane. And, well, let me just quote from it. Goldberg said he received a letter that said, Prompted by various books and movies, I've decided to make a bucket list of all the things I want to do before I die. The problem is I don't know how to limit myself. How do you think I should organize myself in this endeavor? Said Jeffrey, I understand why you were flummoxed by the variety of choices before you. My suggestion is you focus your thinking by making a reverse bucket list of all the things you're a positive you don't want to do. I've made a reverse bucket list of my own that you may use as a model. Here are 25 of the things that I hope... Never to do. 1. Climb Mount Everest. 2. See any movie or read any book about self-actualizing rich people who climb Mount Everest. 3. See that movie about a guy who cuts off his arm in a ravine that isn't even on Mount Everest. 4. Spend three weeks in a Turkish prison. Again. 5. Read The Remarkable Millard Fillmore by George Pendle. Now when I read that one, I gotta stop here. That one caught me up short. George Pendle has been on this program as what was one of our favorite guests about one of our favorite books. And we would very much refer you to our own archives of Radio Parallax to hear that interview. The book was titled Strange Angel, The Otherworldly Life of Rocket Scientist John Whiteside Parsons. It's a heck of a book, and George was a heck of a guest. I must confess that unlike Jeffrey Goldberg, I, I did read the remarkable Millard Fillmore, and I thought it was rather unremarkable. However, mine isn't the only opinion in the world, and I'm happy to note that our illustrious former PA host on this station, Franz Casting, did have George on her program, It's About You, and they talked at great length about the book. And a good time was had by many. So I have to confer with uh, Mr. Goldberg. If you want to put that one on your reverse bucket list, it's okay. But not Strange Angel, which is a hell of a read. Back to Mr. Goldberg's reverse bucket list. Number six was adopt small African children for ornamental purposes. <laughs> Seven, obey indoor firearms regulations. Eight, I like this one, retire to Abbottabad. Number nine, this is, this is a sensible one for a reverse bucket list. Take a photograph of my penis and then tweet it. Also number ten, collateralize a dead obligation. Eleven, juice cleanse. Twelve, Colon cleanse, 13, 
ethnic cleanse. Skipping around. 16, create a coat of arms for my family. 17, purchase a Teutonic trophy wife. 18, play golf with John Boehner. 19, play golf. 20, swim with dolphins because... Swimming with dolphins means swimming in dolphin crap. 21. Spend a week in a monastery. 22. Spend a day in a monastery. Number 23. Join LinkedIn. (laughs) Number 24. Update my software. And number 25. Make love at midnight in the dunes of the Cape. You know, and it is hard to believe that some people don't like that song, Escape, better known as the Pina Colada song. But it's true. Many don't. Mr. McMillan likes it a great deal. All right, and speaking of uh, playing golf with John Boehner, or, or just playing golf, I, I probably shouldn't confess to this, but while I was in the islands, I noticed the sumptuous, beautiful golf course at, at Princeville. Kind of a snooty development in the northeast corner of the island. And I got thinking about it, and I couldn't remember the last time that I'd, I'd been out on the links. So I decided to, uh, you know, take a whack at it in one of the newer courses that are, that are in the area. I'm somewhat pleased to note that on my first day out, I broke par. No kidding. And the thing is, I would have done even better if it wasn't for the hole with the little windmill. And, of course, that tricky shot trying to get it into the clown's mouth. But anyway, in addition to putt-putt golf, as they called it, This correspondent did try his hand at surfing. And forthcoming on our website will be video proof that yours truly is capable of standing up on a board. Of course, if you ask surfers, they'll tell you, if you get a big enough board, you can surf on a ripple. My particular board was roughly the size of the deck of an aircraft carrier. But hey, that's why it's a beginner's board, you know? I want to thank Hanalei resident and computer wizard, Joe for being able to contribute some uh, video evidence of, of uh, the attempts at surfing. we Again, we'll present those to you, hopefully, on our website sometime soon. But I think I'll close with the fact that uh, when you go out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean on an island, or in a lot of places, thankfully, still in America, you can get away from light pollution at night. The September edition of Sky and Telescope magazine has a wonderful piece on this titled The Battle to Control Light Pollution. Included uh, an editorial piece by Mario Mata, MD, cardiologist at the North Shore Medical Center in Salem, Massachusetts. He was a recent president of the Massachusetts Medical Society and noted that light pollution actually does have medical effects. And if you don't want to believe Dr. Mata, you can check out Scientific American's May edition in their article on neuroscience titled The Hidden Organ in Our Eyes. But surprisingly, Dr. Mata noted that health effects might ultimately be the most important reason to control light pollution. The fact that nobody knows the stars and most people have never seen the Milky Way and its true true grandeur is, I think, reason enough, but uh, it actually may have some bad health effects. And not just from the fact that the energy wasted by excessive lighting is produced from mainly burning fossil fuels, causing more air pollution, etc. But as you may have noticed, elderly people have a lot of trouble driving at night. One of the reasons is poorly designed street lights. As we get older, we develop calcifications in the lenses of our eye and little imperfections that scatter light like a dirty windshield. Poorly shielded uh, uh, street lights at night tend to shine in people's eyes, cause glare, and make it difficult 
to see when you're driving. Bad idea. In recognition of this fact, the AMA adopted a resolution in 2009 urging full shielding for all public street lighting. Good idea. But even more importantly, new research is showing that light disrupts our circadian rhythms. A lot of papers over the past 15 years have led researchers to conclude that night light increases the incidence of certain cancers, notably breast cancer. In fact, researchers now estimate that up to 30% of breast cancers may be due to light at night suppressing circadian rhythms. The research basis for this conclusion has become so compelling that the World Health Organization recently declared circadian rhythm disruption to be a class 2A carcinogen, placing it on the same level of severity as the effects of tobacco smoke on lung cancer. The mechanism in this is thought to be the suppression of melatonin production in our brains, and we will definitely talk about this on future shows, a most interesting topic. Unfortunately, we are out of time. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. We want to thank our good pal Will Durst for his uh, perennially entertaining contributions. There's, of course, only one song to end a show with a Hawaiian theme with. And that would be Aloha Oi. You may call it cheesy. I think it's a fine piece of music. Most people don't realize it was written by Hawaii's last monarch, Queen Liliuokalani. I'm proud to note when the last Hawaiian monarch passed on, my grandfather did play the cornet at her funeral. And I confess, it does please me that some member of my family was able to personally honor the last Hawaiian queen, who, as you'll hear, was also a composer. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. We'll see you next week at the same time.